All right, welcome to Electric Skatecast, episode 18. We are eight episodes into season two. Uh, super excited to have a very special guest this week. Um, but as always, I am your host, Jay Grand GR. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Official Terminal X. Good evening. It is my honor and privilege uh, to talk with an awesome individual um, that I invited onto the show a couple weeks ago. Um, he is an esteemed leader in the e-skate world. He runs the uh, Washington, D.C. electric skateboard personal electric vehicle uh, group out there on the East Coast. Uh, I know him as Cuban, uh, but his name is Jonathan Hall. Jonathan, welcome to the show, man. Hey, what up, everybody? Boop, boop. You know how it is. So we're going to be talking. So we're going to be talking uh, one of Cuban's areas of expertise, which is group rides, group events, um, as it relates to electric skateboards, um, especially in a big city climate like D.C. Uh, Cuban, how many members do you guys have right now? It's a pretty big group now. Oh, man. Yeah, we're a pretty big group. Um, I usually run the page off of meetup. So if you go off our meetup numbers, I think we're getting close to 600 members. Good God, that's no, no big deal. Just just a small <laughs> nation's army size, it's right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little militia going on over here. Awesome. Yeah, we're so pretty big there, and then our Telegram group, I think, just reached four hundred either today or yesterday. So oh, we have a pretty active Telegram group too. That's awesome. Yeah, nothing yeah. to shrug at. Yeah, absolutely. And as we'll talk about here in a little bit, having a group like that in the city is is so beneficial for. Uh, riding culture, building the community, which we're obviously all about. And then, of course, brands and products to develop uh, based off of those communities and the feedback that they can provide. Really valuable to this industry. Um, so, yeah, Cuban, I guess we'll, we'll jump right into it here. And I'm going to ask a question that we ask, I think, most of our guests here. How did you get into electric skateboarding and personal electric vehicles as a whole? So for me, it was kind of a transitional thing getting old thing like mm -hmm. i'm about to be 38 in two weeks wow so I'm, I'm okay like, you know I'm, I'm an old man in the game and <laughs> you know i grew up skating but my skating wasn't like trick skating it was more like commuting skating just to get around and have fun right um, yeah. so through just growing up and i've had a ton of snowboarding accidents that have just blown out my knees mm -hmm. so i can't go as hard push skating as i used to so it was just a natural transition into what was available at the time. So e-skating just came from still wanting to skate and have fun, but not being able to do it like I was when I was 15. I got you. That old, old man syndrome. Oof, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel it, man. I get it. I get it too. I'm, yeah. I'm approaching 30 this year and in, in a week actually. Oh, and it feels like, day. it feels like, man, it did not hurt this much. Like, <laughs> Four years ago, five years ago, it just, it just slowly gets worse. It takes a little longer to recover these days. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Joe, we know a couple older gentlemen that, that used to, you know, be the hardcore skaters and back in oh, the seventies yeah. and whatnot. Back and now they're the, out here riding. He used to, he used to skate. One of the guys in our, our local group used to skate with the Lords of Dogtown. That's so dope. Like way back in the day. I know, <laughs> is, right? Like he told so... me that and I was like, who, what? <laughs> you tell me what? And now, now he's just like, he's just loving it because he's like, I can ride, even though I have like a shattered leg that's been repaired so many times, like I can still ride with you guys. So it gives, it breathes new life into, into certain people. And, and it's great to see those people come back around for Eastgate. So that's awesome. Yeah. So, so Cuban, I know you've been riding for a few years now. 
Um, talk to me about what boards are you riding currently? I think you have a couple that I see on your, your Instagram pretty regularly. Um, right now, my everyday go-to board is the Backfire Zealot. Uh-huh. I like to put two batteries on all of my boards. And, I've noticed. <laughs> and my <laughs> Zealot is no different. Um, I have the G3 Plus battery on top running in parallel. So I get anywhere from like 30 if I'm pushing in a turbo all the time to like 50 miles if I'm cruising. So it, it <laughs> takes care of everything Everything I need. Shy battery system. Are you listening? <laughs> but other, other than that, um, I have... My Raldi Carbon AT board, which really hasn't gotten love since the Zealot came. I hear you. I have the Backfire Mini, which is like my everyday grocery board. So Mm -hmm. I ride that to the grocery store. Yeah. And then the G3 Plus is kind of sitting since I'm using the battery on the Zealot. Right. Yeah, belt motors, man. That's a good argument. I have my Riptide with my waterborne surf adapters. That's my, you know. That's that's the fun board. That's the chilling pump go around and have some fun board. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you've kind of got a board for every occasion, which I think is a common theme amongst guys that ride in groups pretty often at that, at that point you start diversifying. Um, nice. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about the DCE skate. So obviously there's lots of electric skateboard groups, um, across the world now. And DCE skate is one of the largest ones. Um, it has all sorts of big events, huge social media presence. And like we talked about earlier, it's got a big member count at this point. Uh, how did the group get started? What was that kind of aha moment where it became something at least somewhat official? Ooh, it was a few years ago. I was, I had just gotten my first board. It was like mid 2016. It was a cool wheel, like bottom of the barrel, Cool. Five mile range, hard your yeah. thing, crappy remote, just horrible. And I was riding it and I was like, man, like a month went by and I was curious and wondering if there were, you know, anyone else like me out here riding skateboards. So I just kind of made a meetup one day and it was, it was originally just for like Northern Virginia. Cause I live in Fairfax, which is like nine miles outside of DC. Right. Yeah. Um, so I made it, made a meetup, you know, like first meetup came and it was like me and just me. <laughs> and, <then the> <laughs> came and, you know, like one other person showed up and I was like, yeah, I was like, I got somebody. That's so, awesome. You know, that person doubled your up, numbers overnight, doubled my numbers overnight. And then, you know, it kind of just grew organically. Everyone started showing up. Um, I didn't really, I didn't have an Instagram at that time for DC Eastgate. Uh, I'm not big on Facebook, so I didn't have a Facebook page. It was purely off a of meetup and word of mouth. And by the end of, I want to say the second month of meetups, I had like 30 people Holy coming wow. out to rise already. That's fantastic. So then it kind of transitioned to, you know, just DC. Once I saw that most of these people were coming from DC and Maryland. So I'd, I'd made it more central for everyone to, to be able to meet up mm-hmm. and, at the time, I was really good friends with this restaurant owner where we do the meetups still to this day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were just super cool about hosting us and letting us meet outside, um, charging before we went on our rides if people needed to charge. And it was just, you know, we're kind of known as um, the group, uh, a drinking group with a skating problem. <laughs> all of our rides are point A, bar 
skate a little more to another bar. And, you know, we kind of charge when we're at the bar. So it's something that goes on all night. Like we have rides in the summertime that go to like 3 a.m. Oh, I believe it. You're not the only group with that mentality, by the way. I'm not going to call anybody out, but we know a few groups like that. Hey, but we have fun. We're all safe. To this day, we have maybe one accident in the past four years. So I think we're doing pretty good. That's a pretty good good numbers. Yeah. 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 Considering you have 600 (laughs) people. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And you guys have rides all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's a good, that's a pretty good track record. Yeah. Okay. So you guys started back on meetup and then talk to me how it kind of developed to what it is today. Were there any kind of like key moments or incremental stages where you guys took the group to the next level to grow it to what it is today? Were there any big events or big uh, updates to the group that you took that you guys did to kind of make it larger than life? I can't say that there was one specific moment that kind of like clicked and, you know, a hundred people came. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just over time, like first four months, like I said, it was maybe like 30 people. And then by the next summer, I'm going to say it was maybe it doubled, maybe like 60 people. Right. And then at that time, I was only aware of our group and the New York NYC eboarding group. Right. Those were like the only yeah. two big groups that I knew of. And mm-hmm. I think what kind of boosted us was when we went to, I don't remember if it was 2017 when NYC had their first e-festival. Oh, yeah. Was, I want to say uh, it was 2018. So I think it was 2018. 2018. Yeah. So it was maybe like whew, 30 or 40 of us that went from D.C. to New York for that festival. That's a good and, rep. And we just kind of like took over like you know we're loud and we're proud to be from dc and have a right. such a cool skate scene so we we're making so much noise that we got like recognized by everybody and that's what kind of like jumped off and you know more people started joining our meetup more people started following us on instagram and it was just you know just us being us having fun and being proud of where we're from yeah. that's awesome that's so that's so awesome it's it's so cool to know that your organic way of living and like the organic way that you guys run your rides is just attracting new people every day. It's not, it's not like you guys are trying to like bait people into showing up or anything like that. It's just, it's just like, Hey, you know, like we're just looking for people to have, come out, have a good time, have a couple drinks, maybe go for a ride, like no pressure. And I think right. that's, that's the, that's the ideal group to be a part of. There's yeah. no pressure there. Right. Yeah. That, that energy is, is enticing. That energy is attractive to people. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's been wild yeah. the last, this past year, like, we have more uni- electric unicycle riders and scooters than we've, like, ever had. So, oh, yeah, it's, we've grown from skateboards to anything you can think of that's electric yeah. and, and someone can own. It's, yeah, it's grown amazingly. Awesome. Well, speaking of electric vehicles that are kind of on the out, on the fringes, I went back and pulled up Cool Wheel, because you mentioned that was your first board. <laughs> it's okay, it's so like cool. the Walmart board of eSkate, man. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's like the top Walmart board. So they're still making eBoards. Um, it looks like they've updated to the the newer Li-ing, uh ESC. They've got that new Meepo style boosted looking remote, but they have hover shoes that you stand on and like they just hover back and forth like it's like two individual mini unicycles one for each foot so segway made those two and i think segway copied cool wheels i think cool wheels like one of the first brands to have those i wonder how fast they go eight kilometers per hour oh god that's slow slow 
But, but man, imagine rocking those things around the airport or something. Just like, you know. Oh, man, in the grocery store? Yeah, yeah. Pushing your cart. Mm. Cool. Like, Hit us they, up. They're the Heelys, the Heelys exactly. of the future. Yeah, they're exactly. the Heelys of Eastgate. <laughs> I love them. That's funny. All right. Um, all right, back on topic. So speaking of uh, bringing new writers in and people to your group, when you're a new writer, what can they expect when they first join up with you guys? What's what's kind of the initial impression that you would get as a new writer walking up to a DCE skate group ride? We are like super friendly. And if you don't introduce yourself, we'll introduce yourself to us. Like we'll come at you and be like, hey, what's Love up, that. dude? Welcome to the group. Like I'm so-and-so, this is so-and-so, this is so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. Um, a lot of the people that do come for the first time usually join our Telegram and they'll be like, hey, what's up? It's going to be my first ride this week. I'm coming through. And we'll be like, oh, hey, what's up? Just look out for us. I'm so-and-so, you know. Perfect. Come say hi. And then so, they yeah, get have, addicted. Yeah, exactly. Have, yeah. Then they join the gang. Open, open door policy for DCE's game. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember meeting some of your crew at NYEF 2019. And as you mentioned, they were instantly identifiable. I'm pretty sure they had a giant flag. <laughs> they had a giant Washington, D.C. Eastgate flag. Uh, but yeah, super friendly uh, bunch. And yeah, having that that open door policy exactly is is key. Or else people are going to feel super unwelcome. You know, who are these crazy, you know, bandits running around at 30 miles an hour? Um, I can't keep up with them. And then they, you know, they fade into nothing. Yeah, we do a pretty good job when we do have new riders to make sure we have like a captain at the back of the ride to make sure they don't get dropped. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah, we, yeah, we make sure everyone enjoys their first ride with us. Perfect. Exactly. Yep. You got to have an experienced guy running in the back in case somebody gets caught with a red light or, you know. Yeah, yeah that goes a long, long way. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I'd hate for my first ride with a group just to get dropped in the first five minutes. Yeah. It's demoralizing. Yeah. yeah. Especially actually, if you don't know the city well. Yeah. We had this kid come from, he drove, I think, total five hours from Pittsburgh to come ride with us like two weeks ago. Wow. He had a DIY board that he built and his buddy came with him just to accompany him, but didn't skate. So he rented like a city bike. Uh-oh. The guy with the DIY crashed no lie 25 minutes into our ride and split his deck and he no. was done like he just couldn't ride and i felt so bad for the guy driving oh, five hours to come ride with us to have your board just snap within 20 minutes and it wasn't like it was just riding over a curb so it was like a freak accident that was just it was gonna happen yeah. somewhere it was just really bad timing that it happened oh, here in dc did he grab oh, another man. city bike no he was just so bummed and I mean, I felt his pain, man. He just he yeah, jumped out of and went back to his hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've been there before. Uh, Joe, so if you're out Joe's there, my dude, listening there. to this, come back to DC. We got you, man. We got you, man. <laughs> Somebody's yeah. got a Meepo V3 uh, line around. Redemption. We got you. So, somebody will hook him up. I'm sure if he, if he needs yeah. a board, like I, I can't imagine you guys would be the kind of group to be like, well, too bad. Like. <laughs> No, we, we offered, yeah. and he was he was just so bummed, and yeah, he just wanted yeah. to get back to his hotel. Yeah, I hear you. Oof, well, yeah, uh, we've all been there. Get, we I've, all I've know that there. pain. Yep, a, yep. A broken belt, and you don't have a, a spare. A battery dies, or you forgot to charge, or something. Man, that's yeah, it's rough. Yeah, you make that mistake one time, but a, a deck snapping. I mean, I can't account for that. I can't plan on that. No. That's just 
that's just game over, or at least yeah, for that it was, day. Anyway, it was so weird. Oof. All right, I got gotcha. you. So now we've met, I mentioned earlier, I hinted that you guys have had some like events and experiences that have like grown the group a little bit, obviously, and and over time. What are some of those favorite experiences and events that you've personally had with DC Eastgate that you could kind of look back and be like, you know, what, this was the moment. This is what made all the work worth it. Or this is what I'm, you know, this is what I'm riding for. Can you talk about some of those moments? Yeah, for sure. So um, this kid that does most of my graphics, um, one day we were just hanging out and he was like, hey, man, we should have like an invasion ride where we like invite everybody from all the Eastgate groups to D.C. and just have a massive ride. I was like, I'm down. So we planned it and kind of that Wayne's World motto, if you build it, they will come. We 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 made an event and the first DC invasion we had about a hundred and thirty people show up. That's awesome. I love and it. It was just like wow, like look at all these people, like Philadelphia, Jersey, New York. Um we had people that drove up from the Carolinas. It was crazy. And okay, wow. You know, it's just a beautiful day. Like we always do it in September and Weather happens to just be sunny, blue skies, and warm for the. I think we've had three now, three invasions, and they've all been super nice turnout. Over a hundred awesome. people every time. Yeah. Wow. And do you? How do you plan the route for that type of event? How, what What is your strategy for that? Um. So we have a lot of people that I trust to make good routes within our group. That's good and to have. It's a yeah. lot of cooperation between people. Um, we're really lucky in DC to have freshly paved roads every year. So we have smooth pavement that we don't have to worry about dodging roads. So we can pretty much go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a cell of main roads that go along all of our monuments. And then it's kind of a eight mile loop that's clear of traffic for the most part. And we've done that the last two years and we kind of strayed off of it this year and split the group into two just because, you know, the current situation with the world and right. it was kind of a nasty protest day. So we were just avoiding everything, but oh yeah, yeah. I can imagine with Washington DC, like political events and protests take uh yeah, it's gotta be they, wild. They have some input on your routes, I'm sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah, whether you like it or not. Like, yeah, this, this year was happened to fall on the same day of the Trump rally after he lost his Mega Million March or whatever he called it. It <laughs> I got happened to fall yeah. on that day, so it was strictly avoiding those clusters of people the whole day. It turned yeah. out pretty good because we ended up going to you know different parts of the city that. A lot of the people that come from out of town wouldn't normally see. But I mean, it works out. We have good. Right. We have good backup plans. Nice. Yeah, you make the best of a, of an unfortunate situation. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah, and I see. Yeah, that that's a good philosophy. And I do see on your guys's like uh, Instagram and whatnot, you guys are always posing in front of national monuments, which I think is freaking awesome. Yeah, it's so Capitol cool. Hill, White House, Lincoln Memorial, etc. Oh man, that's so cool. I'm jealous of that. Yeah, it's part of the experience. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of things that, you know, people that live here kind of take for granted, but we cherish and we enjoy our monuments. And there's nothing better than riding through DC at night when there's nobody on the road. 
you know, tourists oh, at the yeah. monument. So it's just all right. to ourselves. And we, uh, we kind of take advantage of that and enjoy it as much as we can. Yeah. Well, and, I'm sure like the also, New Yorkers are like that too. Yeah. And you also get to see the monuments from a different light. Cause like you said, most people go during the day, right? When it's busy mm-hmm. and they want to see everything and all its splendor in the daylight. But like, there's also something to be said about looking at some of the monuments at night when they're lit mm-hmm. up and the way that they are portrayed in those, those different ways. I think it's, I think it's a really cool concept and I think it's, it's great that you guys have the opportunity to see that on a regular basis. And then, like you said, with invasion rides, you're getting people from out of town that have never seen it in that light and then right. they get to experience it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. When I went to DC, we went to all the memorials at night um, with a local uh, DC guy and it was, it was surreal. I mean, I was just a kid then, but it was still, it still has an impact on me now. Um, like the Lincoln Memorial and whatnot, Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, every time um, yeah. I run into the city and we stand at the base of those monuments, I'm like, wow, it's like yeah. so cool. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I was saying the New Yorkers, they're kind of like that too. I'm sure with Times Square and, and whatnot and, you know, Central Park, they're like, oh, it's Central Park. But for me, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is like, this is it. <laughs> yeah. Like this is Home Alone 2, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. riding, I'm riding in like the Big Apple. Yeah. Um, it's a big deal for the Midwest boy. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I digress. I'm sure they're sick of it by now. Um, um, and so when you do these big invasion rides and other large events because i'm sure some of your rides aren't as big as others when they do happen to be those real big rides what are some of the challenges of like trying to wrangle all those people and like coordinate with all these different like group leaders and what are those difficulties like and how how do you guys handle those those with like stride to be honest i'm probably going to say i've been pretty lucky with having these big group rides and everything go seamless like even this year in the pandemic, like everything went pretty smooth. Um, nice. When we have our DC invasion rides, we usually set up a new telegram channel just for that ride. So people join mm-hmm. and then, you know, we put all the information in there. We post the route, we post where our planned stops are. Um, and we're always sharing our live location through that too. So the day of the ride, everyone can know where we are um, and they know where our stops are. So, it's we're, we do a pretty good job of controlling the pack with, you know, people in the front, people in the middle, people in the back. Nice. And, I know it's not like a bomb ride, so we're not going fast. It's just a chill cruise ride. I mean, we have, yeah, we've had like seven, eight year olds on one wheels. Um, wow. <laughs> kids to come out on bikes, like pedal bikes. So, I mean, we really do cater to everybody when we have our big invasion rides and it's, I mean, it's been pretty, pretty easy to do the last three years. So I, I don't have, I have no complaints. That's awesome. Yeah. You're very fortunate. I'll tell you this, man. I, uh, I see some of these big rides and just like controlling everybody and getting everybody through red lights and, and making sure nobody gets lost just seems super daunting, but that's awesome that you have like people that can kind of help coordinate and, you know, wrangle everybody together. Even in a small town like Grand Rapids, sometimes we struggle with, with getting people caught caught up in red lights or you know they didn't they don't know where to go next um, or like one person takes a fall and then the group's just split for the rest of the night right so it's it's definitely a challenge and i i can't imagine doing it on a large scale but maybe when you get to that large scale because you have so many more people looking out it becomes easier yeah for sure i mean we definitely have people that you know sometimes they'll go ahead and stop traffic at red lights 
oncoming traffic. Mm-hmm. So we just yep. clear the path yeah. for us. It's kind of easier that way for everybody involved because that way we're rolling through and not, you know, hogging up lanes where cars would be. We're just, you know, nonstop flow of right. Yeah. Plus yeah. yeah. That's a good point. On the street. Exactly. Yeah. Less do, lane splitting. There are accidents. You know, we have just one person stay back with that person and we keep on riding just not to take up space yeah. on the street. Nice. Do you guys bring like first aid packs or anything like that? Yeah, there are a few of us that bring first aid packs on on bigger rides, and then okay, we have radios and walkie talkies that we carry on bigger rides too. Perfect, perfect. Yep, exactly. Yeah, anybody listening to that wants to do like group rides in their town, like should be taking notes. These are all yeah, gold. It's mines just for- simple, simple logistical things like that make a huge difference. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I've I've ridden with a few other groups, and sometimes they can try to overcomplicate things and. It's really simple, man. We're at the end of the day, we're all grown ups and we all mm-hmm. make our own decisions. But if you just follow the person in front of you, you're gonna be in good shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, don't follow That's too close. Point. But yes, do follow that person. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, perfect. Um now you mentioned earlier that you had a restaurant that you worked with in the very beginning that you still visit to this day. Talk to me about some of these local businesses that you and DC Eastgate have worked with or collaborated with, as well as maybe some of like the larger Eastgate brands. Because I know you work, you personally work with multiple brands at any given time, I feel like. Um, and I know DC Eastgate has as well. So talk to me about that relationship um, with some of these businesses. This is probably the most important thing for any group to, to tackle. Um, right. Making that relationship with your local businesses, with the restaurants, with retail stores, with um, like mini malls, um, wherever you plan on, on going to charge. Because, I mean, you think about it, someone's paying that electrical bill when you show up with 30, 40 people to charge. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's not cheap sometimes. And for small businesses, it can, you know, break the bank one month compared to another one we don't show up. So, I mean, I, I send a lot of emails, I make a lot of phone calls, and I'm, I'm talking to restaurants and shopping centers all the time, planning rides. And over the last three, four years, I've just made a really good relationship with a few of these restaurants and small bars in D.C., and they're always happy to have us, and they don't mind if we charge. And, I mean, on the flip side, we're spending a lot of money in their places, and they like that more. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Reliable business. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, I, I feel like I've told my people a couple times, like, hey, I don't mind, you know, you can grab something to eat, but please make sure you tip because, like, we are guests yeah. here and we are kind of taking up a lot of space and a healthy amount of electricity. So we do want to come back someday. <laughs> and, well, and we want them to welcome us back. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's been tough in Michigan with the pandemic. We ha- we've we had restaurants kind of go in and out of being shut down in, in various forms all year long. Um, this year was kind of the year I was hoping Grand Rapids could kind of really reach out and have some reliable, regular relationships with some of these restaurants. But hey, 2021 is right around the corner. We'll try it. But yeah, um, we all hope things get better. We've, we've <laughs> yeah. kind of really lucky in D.C. with finding places to charge and stop during the pandemic. Nice. Like we yeah. found a place. What last week we went to the Thompson Hotel down by Nationals Baseball Stadium. They have okay. a brand new rooftop bar restaurant. 
And they're like, yeah, come on in. I was like, okay. So it's like (laughs) G five star hotel and we're all rolling in there with skateboards and they're like, yeah, bunch of skate rats. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's great to have that relationship. Like Joe said, like they welcome you, like they're ready for you. You know, they know that table. They know you need outlets. I feel like we've had to like argue our case before for <laughs> oh, absolutely. with restaurants where we were in a tight spot way out of town with no charge or juice. And they're like, yeah, we don't have any outlets. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's right there next to the table. Like yeah. there's four of them right there. Stop telling me you don't have outlets. We will clean yeah. up. We will tip. We're not going to make a mess. But um, I mean, yeah, we've we've been in situations where we have like power power strips hanging from the ceiling like outlets because oh, sure. that's the only place that they have them because they used to have a tv there or something and it's like <laughs> listen like we'll climb up on the chairs we'll do whatever it takes to get it plugged in but like we'll handle it like you just yeah. let us sit here exactly well yeah. i remember in nyef uh last year whatever bar we stopped at naturally i mean there was 130 plus people it was it was way too many people for that one location um, I was under the impression it was going to be like a big old warehouse. And they were like, yeah, it's just a bar. Um, and we, I think we blew the power twice. Oh, yeah. And they told the, they told the Lacroix and the EUCs, they're like, unplug or they're going to kick us out. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, uh, <laughs> you know, these 12-amp chargers are occurrence. killing them. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, we've, um, our boards have, like we started with, you know, boosters and this and that, but Everyone in DC is pretty much on a Cali, LaCroix, DIY, or bigger board now these days. So we have those big 14 amp chargers that are pretty uh, capable of blowing blowing outlets at restaurants and bars. Oh, it's all too easy. And I mean, that leads me to like a, a somewhat of a side trail that we talked about a little bit with the guys in Chicago about how, and I was even talking to, oh, I don't know day from raw day last night about how boards are getting faster and more powerful just it's just how it's evolving and the community is um accelerating that these boards are are monstrous compared to where they were two years ago and i think how they phrase it in chicago how do eastgate slut call it he said 30 is the new 20 in terms of yeah, speed. 30 is the new 20 yeah yeah um and yeah you're exactly right yeah everybody's on something high power now because we're in a bubble we're in these groups and all we see is that one guy roll up on a Lone Star and we're like, oh, I got to give me one of those. You know, um, I feel like when you're in this industry or hobby or way of transportation, whatever you want to call it, the longer you're in the actual community, it tends to rack up the wallet pretty fast. Yeah, the more um, likely you are to upgrade to something bigger. Exactly. Better. You're like, because well, you're like, well, I can't be left behind. You know, I want to go fast, um, you know, and the boosted 22 miles per hour, you know, might not cut it anymore. Um, as these groups get bigger and bigger and faster and faster, which, you know, I'm fine with, but, um, or just even the range. I mean, some of the rides that people are doing now, I mean, a lot of them are doing like endurance rides where it's like, all right, we're going to ride 20 miles. Like you got to be able to make it at least 20 miles, whether it's through battery swaps or whatever, but right. Yep. 20 miles is far, at least for like a boosted rider or like a, a single battery, like Mipo or backfire and the other budget boards. Like that's, that's hard to do. Yeah, well, I mean, so, Cuban's got two batteries on his backfire. He's the uh, yeah, the he's he's got that. he's the example that people need to strive for. What other eSkate brands have you and DC eSkate worked with, Cuban? Um, I feel like I I can think of a couple off the top of my head, but I didn't know if you actually worked with them or they just showed up to events. Well, Backfire is like the biggest brand that I I work with, and they support me the most. Um, I got you. They're really good about giving back to the community anytime. You know, we're putting on a event or anything. Jerry will be like, 
hey, you guys uh, want some t-shirts to give away? Some, you know, he'll always offer something before I ask for it. Yeah. Um, as far as other it's board good customer com- service. Yeah, for sure. As far as other board companies, I don't, I don't really reach out to any other companies to, you know, give back to the community with us. Um, I'm a Shred Lights ambassador and Shred Lights is always giving something for me to give away during our rides. Right. Not even just big events, like regular group rides. If I ask Eric to be like, Hey man, can I um, get a set of lights to give away during this ride? He's like, yeah, for sure. Send me some lights That's and awesome. you know, they're really stoking out everyone. Yeah. Anytime I ask well, for it. And you guys just did a really cool, uh, Shred Lights Takeover event with them too, which was super fun to watch. Yeah, that was our DC Invasion Day. Just happened to be yeah. good timing for me to take over the page and and have our ride the yeah. same day, which was tough. Yeah, that was that was for it was fun accounts. to watch though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a it was a challenge for sure. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely feel when we watched Brandon do it. I was like, man, this this is a little bit trickier than it looks. I mean, a it's yeah. a huge it's a huge account. There's a lot of responsibility and B you're trying to do this while leading a group ride, you know, getting everybody from point A to point B and you know, all these different moving parts. Yeah. It's definitely a, it's definitely a juggle. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. it was tough to say the least to uh, take care of all that the same day, but I made it happen. Nice. That's awesome. Okay. So, um, yeah, shred lights. We know pretty well. They definitely are involved in the community. The backfire is a new one to me. I knew backfire worked with you personally. Um, but it's cool that Backfire is working and giving back to the community because let's face it, there aren't a lot of brands that are based in China that we think of as like being, you know, yeah. really involved in electric skateboard groups or communities. I mean, sometimes they'll share a post or whatever, but like it's awesome yeah. to see that they're, you know, they're Actually, they're for real, yeah, actively, yeah, actively part of your 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 group and giving away t-shirts. I mean, even it's a t-shirt, right? Like it, it's just a t-shirt, but like yeah. well, it's just it's still t-shirt. cool. It's still cool that someone's willing to like. Give a T-shirt for you to give away. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, like for after party. Yeah, like that's Love it. yeah, yeah. That's it like, goes a long way for sure. And you know, people in the group recognize that. And man, I think we have about twelve zealots in DC now. Awesome, that's yeah. great. And isn't Backfire's customer support based in Virginia? If memory yeah. serves me, yeah, they have a warehouse in Richmond, which is an hour and a half away from us. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, like, that's pretty ideal too. I mean, it's like any last minute stuff you need or whatever. It's like right there. Yep. That's awesome. Have you ever been to their warehouse, by the way? I haven't. I've, I mean, I've been meaning to get down there, but just timing and they're usually just open during the week and I haven't been able to take off a day just to go down there. So I gotcha. Yeah. I was just curious. Um, Cause you know, backfires kind of was the trailblazer of that. Most Chinese brands are now trying to get warehouses or have just gotten them. But I know Backfire's been doing that for a couple of years. And that's cool. They're, yeah. they're almost a local company now in that regard. Um, I would, which yeah, I think is absolutely. Awesome. Especially if their ship times are down to like a week. Like oh, that's yeah, for sure. That that, that, that okay, makes the biggest difference. Like three days. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. take it. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah now, now I'm like, mm, maybe I should get a Zealot. Like that sounds right? like a good idea. I mean, Zealots are good boards, right? You're getting 28 miles an hour and at least 17 miles of range stock. And it has the Kegel pulleys you can put bigger wheels on if you want. Like, yeah. Just for the well, price. And, and, the best. and we also have the like contact of Shy Battery Systems where we can be like, 
hey, how big of a battery could you build for this thing? And how far can you make it go? Like, I would love to give them that challenge just to see what they come up with. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm there for it. I can imagine that battery would be massive. Um, So real quick, uh, I you think you touched on this earlier, but just in case you there's a bigger group, what is the actual largest group ride that you've ever done? Is it 130? Uh, or was there a larger one? I, it was... It's anywhere between 130 and 150. Um, it, it's around there somewhere. Okay. How do you split up the... Well, I know you mentioned you this year, due to pandemic, you split up the actual group into two groups. But how do you handle 150 people charging, theoretically? How does that work? <laughs> so what we do during our rides is we'll, we'll kind of have a short-range loop for the whole group to do. So we'll do a boosted friendly eight mile range uh, route. And then we'll have those people drop off and go to a few of the spots that we had picked off for charging. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of outdoor outlets in DC and we split the groups up into those. And then the longer range riders would just keep on riding another you know, 10, 15 miles until they were ready to charge. And then we usually loop back to where the first people were charging. And by the time we get back, they're done charging. And then the second group can come in and charge. So kind of do it in waves and spread out locally within like a three mile radius of each other with a lot of outdoor outlets. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. I feel like they did that something like that similar in NYEF where they had, yeah, uh, they had us charge. They had the the initial route of six to eight miles, which of course all the EUC and Cali guys were laughing at, but anyways, whatever. And then those guys kept riding with, you know, LaCroix, Cali, EUC guys, DIYs kept riding while the rest of us, you know, plebeians kept charging in the bar. And then they, the larger guys, yeah, they looped back around, um, and topped off for a few minutes and then we had our second loop again. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a good strategy, but Holy yeah, smokes. It's kind of the only way to take care of that many people. Um, right. Yeah. And we always tell people, if you don't need to charge, don't charge. Cause right. You know, there's some people be like, well, I want to ride tonight. I was like, well, don't worry about tonight right now. Cause there are other people yeah. that need to charge. Exactly. Yeah, there's somebody that needs to get back to their car right now. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That boosted battery isn't going to last it. So, you know, let them have it um yeah that's a good philosophy to have and it's it's not only tricky with a lot of people but yeah like you mentioned there's people with different battery ranges and to time that outright so that everybody's ready at the exact same time is definitely a i feel like a management operations logistical question that i'll have on a college exam someday because it just it sounds daunting (laughs) if you have 30 backfire riders exactly you need to charge exactly yep (laughs) how far can cuban go Yep, and you know like they what? have three amp chargers. Yep, they have three amp chargers, and you got twelve amp yeah. chargers to play with. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh man. Yeah. Thankfully, feel- we haven't had that issue too much in Grand Rapids yet, other than just the the fighting over outlets and only having like one power strip. But that's like kindergarten group ride problems. Yeah, you kind of yeah. you kind of become a power outlet ninja every time you're out on the streets. So like. You know, you'll walk into a place and the first thing you look for is power outlets. And you're like, cool, we can come back here and charge 10 boards. Nice. <laughs> there you go. You're yep. look out for power outlets wherever you go. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, your power outlet goggles come out every time you walk into a new place. <laughs> Do you guys have a charging map that you share in the Telegram? 
Yeah, we do. We have a charge map linked off of our website. And, oh, you know, anyone can add charge spots to it. That's awesome. What do you, yeah. So what do you guys use for that? I've actually been curious how groups create these maps. Is there like a special program or is it built into Telegram? It's a just a Google map, a personal Google map yeah. that, that anybody can add stuff to. Um, the way the oh, Telegram gotcha. works is a, it's a bot. So you just, you talk to the bot and tell it where mm-hmm. the charge board is, and post up a picture of the charge board, if it's indoor, outdoor, if it's 24 hours um, and stuff like that. I gotcha. And what do, so I noticed on your charge map that you've got all these different kind of colored charging icons. What do they all mean? Um, indoor, outdoor, uh, 24 okay. hour, only business hours. Okay. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah it's you like get, a, you it's a like a quick, quick look kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. This is really, wow. You guys have some charging outlets way out there. Um, those must have been hey man, the Lone Star with guys. Those, with those new uh, Lone Star Super Sports or whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah, no Those kidding. guys be going like 100 miles out of town be like, all right. Let's. Yeah, like one of these is no kidding. Yeah, you. wow, that has to be like 30 miles out of D.C. That's ridiculous. That's funny. That's awesome, though. Yeah, you've got them out here in Fairfax, Alexandria, Reston. Yeah, you guys have you guys have a pretty good charging map. That's awesome. And I like that it's color-coded for the different 24 hours versus indoor-outdoor. Um, this is something we should really look into. Yeah, it helps a lot, especially for people that aren't familiar with the area. They can just pull up the charge map and know where they can stop if they need a quick charge. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah. ideal. I think next year, once, especially, a, a, you know, hopefully when things start to open back up, uh, we can really start documenting this stuff and, and establishing those relationships with the restaurants and the local businesses to charge because yeah. that's really important. Yeah, it goes um, a long way, I think. Exactly. Um, so kind of beginning to wrap up here, I let's pretend that I'm a, I'm a new rider Cuban and I just got my board. Maybe I've been riding. I've, maybe I've hit a hundred miles on my board, nothing crazy, but I'm looking to join a group ride such as DCE skate. What advice would you give to that rider? Who's listening right now? He just got his board for the first time this semester in college and he's kind of ready to, to try it out. What advice would you give to him before he shows up? Learn how to foot break (laughs) preach it preach it we have a lot of hills in the area and man let me tell you i've seen so many people step into the e-skate scene without having stepped on a regular traditional acoustic skateboard before and they have no idea how to foot it's like the number one thing everybody should know how to do besides that um just let us know before you come to a ride so we can plan accordingly especially in the winter time no one wants to sit around and wait for somebody if it's your first group ride when it's 20 degrees outside um yeah 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 summertime is is when the beginners should come out and enjoy the nice warm weathers where we can go right and enjoy yourselves do you guys ride all year long yeah we do that's ridiculous. There's no I snow mean, or rain. We're out there riding. I mean, that makes sense. But man, 20 degrees. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm doing when it's 20 degrees out. And I'll give you a hint. It's not riding. <laughs> Good <laughs> God, that's cold. There's Even for the Michigander, it's cold. Heated gear. Fat going on. Yeah. Everyone's buying heated vests, heated gloves, heated jackets. We're uh, we're suiting up for winter. <laughs> Yeah, that's shout awesome. out to Aurora. Like, I don't know if you guys know about Aurora, but they they got the hookup for gear. Home Depot. 
Home yeah. Depot. I'm there for it. Rocking out the car hearts. Just yeah. all right, here we go. Oh my gosh. You guys are gonna look like a group of roofers. Uh that's awesome. <laughs> uh, now, uh, kind of on a similar note, let's uh let's say that somebody has been riding for a while and they're looking to start up their own type of electric skateboard or or PEV group in in their city. What advice would you give to somebody that's looking to start up a, a group for the first time? Maybe their city doesn't have one or it's just a subsection of a city. What advice would you give to them just starting out? Just have faith, man. Just go out there, plan it, put it out on Facebook, Meetup, Instagram, any social media, and just just go. People will, people will show up. You'd be surprised. It's- yeah, it's that old adage of if if you build it, they will come. Yes, right. sir. That's it. I mean, that's that's pretty much what it is. Just you know, believe in yourself, believe in in what you want to do, and keep on with it until it happens. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hey. I had some I had some lonely first skates by myself when the group was starting, but it it all came out and yeah. started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. yeah exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, and I would say to add on to that, don't get too discouraged if you're in a smaller city and you're not having 40 people show up the the second month of you doing this. Oh yeah, uh, like we're finding. I mean, we started with four people and we're up to I think almost 100 now, like yeah. total. I mean, we so, don't have that many people show up to rides, but like that's still the number of people that are interested in riding with us at any oh, given yeah. point. You know, some people are shy. It takes them a little bit of creeping to get right. the guts to come out and ride with the group it's intimidating yeah. sometimes i hear you yeah you know we're out here posting videos of dudes going 30 40 miles an hour be- whipping between lanes and stuff yeah. and it looks like some mad max level stuff and they're like man i just i just ride to class <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> what is this craziness but uh <laughs> yeah if if you're in a small town and yeah you're all, you feel like your group isn't blowing up like you know dc or chicago is you know, imagine these guys have a, a population way larger than a small town, even even much smaller than like Grand Rapids. So don't take it to heart and and know that as electric skateboards and, and PEV continue to grow, your community should also grow in proportion to the size of your city. So, yeah, it, it's all right. Yeah, it'll 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 grow. And, and if um, not, move to D.C. You can join the <laughs> army. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cuba, <laughs> yeah hit up Cuban. That's awesome. <laughs> um by the way what is your favorite group to ride with outside of dc skate do you have a, a, a preferred favorite on uh, an outside family mm, i can't say i have a personal favorite i've ridden the most with the new york crew and the philadelphia crew uh, okay you know and each group has has their own different styles of ridings um uh, locations they like to go new york has kind of evolved into not one group but like 10 groups that's and, what yeah. i thought i was I can imagine that. yeah Most people in new york they've moved on to like onyxes so they're all on like basically motorcycles at this point right yeah it's not even a group ride anymore that's just it's just dudes riding in a motorcycle club yeah pretty much I and then you that. have like they're really heavy on electric unicycles and oh yeah, you know the board communities from an outside looking in, it's it's gotten really small in New York. They've they've just grown. They've outgrown boards. Yeah. Do you think it's a fad, or do you think e-boards in New York are on their way out permanently? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where they just 
got to the point where they just want to go faster and farther and unicycles and electric bikes are what take care of that category. Right. It's so ironic because when I think of New York, I think of like gridlock, like constant gridlock. So I'm like, oh man, that would suck to ride like PEV stuff. Like you're just constantly like having to weave through like traffic. You can't even like get up over like 20 miles an hour because it's just traffic everywhere. But maybe that's the difference. Maybe they're like, well, if I can get enough range, I'll just leave the city for a ride and then come back. Yeah, that's the uh, adrenaline junkie part of all of us riding in New York City, weaving through traffic. So it makes it fun. Yeah, I I feel like New Yorkers, I don't know if they're used to it, but I feel like when I rode in New York, I half expected these cars to just freak out at the thought of, you know, hundreds of riders weaving in between their car while they're moving and just kind of panic and hit somebody. But to be honest, everybody just kind of stayed in their lane. I don't think too many people cut in front of me when I was riding. And I thought for sure, I mean, we're, we're lane splitting and running red lights at, you know, one in the morning in New York city. I thought for sure, like this is prime time for me to get clobbered. Um, but to be honest, the cars all kind of stayed in their place and just let the, the PEV gang do their thing. And once we passed, then they kind of had control over the roads again. It was an interesting, interesting philosophy. Yeah. The drivers in New York city are definitely, um, more trained and used to pedestrians on the street. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they've, historically had bike messengers and bike delivery guys for, for 15 yeah. years now. So cars are used to that. Um, DC on the other hand, is like, man, angry drive. <laughs> <laughs> they try right. to hit you. They try to run you off the road. They're honking, right. yelling at you. Don't you know what Senator I work for? Yeah, exactly. So it's um, a <laughs> nine day difference between the drivers in New York and DC. Yeah. Same in Grand Rapids, man. I mean, obviously being in the motor state, but on top of that, we have such little traffic compared to bigger cities. I mean, we have traffic, but it's so much smaller compared to other cities that, um, especially on weeknights, there's such little traffic that the cars are like, well, there's nobody in front of me. That just means go faster, right? Whereas in Chicago, say you would have bumper to bumper traffic preventing you from doing that. I mean, we have cars in central downtown that, you know, if it's late at night, They'll go 45 miles an hour and like central downtown Grand Rapids, which for an electric skateboard is kind of nerve wracking to know that they're going that fast whipping right by you. Whereas I feel like in New York or Chicago with the bumper to bumper traffic, I'm outpacing the cars and I feel more in control. Yeah, for sure. More comfortable. That's a good point. For sure. I would say, you know, I, I feel more comfortable having a faster vehicle, a faster skateboard because of that. Um, I can keep up with the cars and I'm not feeling pressure to have them right up on me. Um, yeah. Just being able to keep up with traffic. There's definitely a, a, a theory there that, you know, a faster board might theoretically be slightly safer in that regard. If you're, if you're an experienced rider. Oh yeah. I believe I that hundred percent. Yeah. I just don't like having cars right up on me, especially when I'm going fast. Yeah. I wouldn't either. Yeah. All right. Not well, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, as is uh, tradition on this show, we ask all of our guests here um, kind of one wrap-up final question here. Um, what is your dream board, Cuban? It can be real or fictitious. It could have things that exist on it or don't exist on it. It could have something special that, that you like that's unique to you. So tell me what your dream board is and what it does. Don't we all dream of the Back to the Future hoverboard? Like, I think that's our most popular answer. I mean, yeah, I think so. It's the future, man. Like, no wheels. 
Did that thing even have a battery? It was just like, how did it even run? Yeah, dude, it just went. Yeah, that's true. Went, I, I never think about that. I just so, watched Back to the Future 3, and, and they used it at the very end of that scene. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is fitting. Yeah, but, I mean, realistically, I'd be happy with something that goes, you know, 50 miles an hour, 50 miles, okay. real range. Okay, real range. 50 miles an hour with 50 miles. Okay. That would so Cuban's looking for the LaCroix Super Sport. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> with, with now, the would you put a price tag? Yeah. Yeah, with, no without kidding. the $5,000 price tag. Yeah. yeah. You hear that, Alex? Yeah, that's the um, part of it. <laughs> now, would you put bindings on it? Part of it. Um, see, I'm a snowboarder, so bindings are like my thing for snowboarding. Yeah. For skateboarding, I like to have that bail like mentality if if right. something comes out of nowhere and i need to jump off of my board i don't want to be strapped on i don't want to be cupped under some some bindings I yeah you. yeah i, I like i have sense. to move my feet around a lot when i skate um i have like that kind of downboard uh downhill longboarding back foot pivoting a lot when i'm cornering and stuff so yeah yeah or to move around i know that life one one i hear you my my back foot never stays stationary it's constantly adjusting yeah and the other thing you gotta you gotta remember too is like cars aren't on snow hills so i i can get why you wouldn't want bindings you know like when you're on a hill you fall it's like "Ah, i fall like i'm in the snow it's fine there's people skiing and snowboarding around me but if you fall in the street you're gonna get hit by a car so you know <laughs> i wouldn't want my board strapped to my feet either yeah yeah i hear you uh, there's a part of me that thinks like i want you know to have more control over the deck so to be strapped in i feel like i'm you know i'm more stable on it plus if i'm going 50 miles an hour like cuban said i don't know if i want to bail at 50 i think i just accept my fate i, I don't know i'm I'm torn. Maybe the freeboard S2 bindings, the kind of like the half foot bindings are, are where I should look into. Yeah. I yeah. feel like even with those, if, if I got a slam on my brakes and I ride regular, so my left foot's forward, if I'm slamming on the brakes, my body's going to come my right foot around and my left foot is probably still going to be stuck in that binding by the time my right foot crosses over. And that's mm-hmm. not, that's not good news for your ankles. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's correct. a broken ankle. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I'll have to. I guess there's only one way for me to test it out. But yeah, buy some uh, bindings. Buy some fifty bindings. miles an hour and get hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for science. I'll send you my motorcycle racing leathers. Uh... Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, fine. Well, I mean, some of the racers out on the West Coast that ride Stooge boards. I mean, Stooge himself says that bindings are are required for racing to to be effective at it but those guys do wear like racing leathers yeah, yeah. I mean, they're racing though if i'm yeah. racing i'm gonna want something to lock me in too but... exactly yeah yeah no I'm kidding racing on my yeah. rides. that's fair <laughs> that's 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 a good philosophy uh <laughs> all right cuban well thanks so much for for taking the time to sit and chat with us about group rides and and kind of that that philosophy and strategy you utilize to be so successful with it um I know that I've taken a couple good notes for, for Grand Rapids Eastgate that I want to try out here in 2021 once our uh, blizzard passes. Um, but yeah, no, I do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and kind of instill some wisdom for anybody looking to join a group ride or start their own. Um, hopefully out of this podcast episode, we can get some inspiration out there to get some more group rides yeah. going next year, um, you know, pandemic willing. And 
that's good for the community and i'm all about that or for our southern hemisphere listeners that yeah you know it's it's the beginning of your season like yeah get started take information and get out there and go with it you know run Argentina's beautiful this time of year. Yeah, start a group in Patagonia. I'm trying to go down there and shred. Exactly. That'd be we got so you. sick. Oh my god. Spring break. That'd be cool. I've been telling you guys spring break eSkate for years. It's a thing. It's it's got to be possible. We got to make it happen. We're gonna have the to Chicago start that. Yeah. The Chicago we'll guys. eSkate Fire. Oh, there, yeah. see, <laughs> there you there go. You go. Yeah. That alone would be a documentary for <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Man. Well, Cubans, once again, thanks for being on the show. Um, if you have any future projects you or DCE Skate are working on um, and you want to highlight them for the audience, now's the time. If you've got any projects or things you want us to check out. Um, or just simply shout outs. If you yeah, want to shout, shout anybody out. out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, now's your I hand. have uh, quite a few projects on hand that I can't spill the beans for quite yet. Ooh, I will, okay. though, give a little part of it um we have managed to get two big skateboard manufacturers on board to make a universal charging port so wow part of our goal is to have more than one board company use the same charging port for universal chargers i like where this is going i've gotten two companies on board and that's just a small part of my master plan that i'm working on which will hopefully come to fruition early next year and it'll it'll benefit the whole e-skate scene and the world hopefully and it'll be good times to come that's awesome well yeah. that's a good teaser that's, that's a, a good, good teaser yeah there's some shy battery get back, at, get back okay. at me when uh when i get this out and we'll we'll have a really cool conversation of the future. yeah season three i like it and it all revolves around group rides, so it's a, it's it's going to be a, a good future for the Eastgate community. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. excited! 2021, man. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, once again, thanks for taking the time to chit chat with us. Um, as always, I am the co-host here. Uh, you can follow us at Electric Skatecast. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Official Terminal X as well as follow Joe, the founder and producer of Electric Skatecast, at jgrandgr. And of course, you can follow Jonathan, a.k.a. Cuban, uh, on Instagram as well, uh, either through at dceskate um, on Instagram, as well as his uh, own Instagram is at one low Cuban, which I think is where I started calling you Cuban from now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Well... Thanks so much, everybody, for for listening, and uh, we'll see you all in the next episode here pretty quick. Yeah, thanks. Have a great night. Yeah, thanks. Cheers.